0: It's that time of the week again, bitch. Yep, it's that uh time for another exciting episode of Old School New School Comedy Podcast, and I am your host, Christy Miller. And with me this week is one of my newer homies in the stand-up scene. Uh He's the next generation after me at the Comedy Store, where he's a paid regular for the and been doing stand-up for 16 years. And he's the co-creator of The Carmichael Show. And he was also part of the wave in Roast Battle. I love him. He's a hell of a writer and an all-around great guy. And if you ever see his Obama impression, you'll know why we love him. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Willie Hunter. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> what's up wildo oh what's up thanks for having me oh thanks for being here i'm really shitty at the technology part of this i mean you're doing more than me so you're killing it, so. <laughs> uh, i like doing it in person better because it's a lot less buttons to push so to speak right 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 <laughs> but, but you the... still got to edit and everything like oh yeah cool. Dude, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm a one man band. That's what I did in lockdown was teach myself all this stuff. Wow. Because, you know, a woman of a certain age, we're lucky we could send an email without fucking it up. I'm trying to think, what
1: did I do during lockdown? Hmm. I think I drink a lot of alcohol. I think that's what I did. I, think <laughs> I really wanted to test my limits to see if I was an alcoholic.
0: I'm not. It's oh. just not for me. Congratulations. <laughs> yep, didn't like it. <laughs> How did you handle lockdown? I saw you before and after. You didn't look I any handled- different. I don't look I feel, I feel the same. I feel the same. I feel the same. You're like, I'm still black. I'm still keeping it real. <laughs> Got some golf clubs. That's, oh, uh, shit.
1: That changed, you know. Oh, wow. Okay, Tiger Woods. What's up? <laughs> Just, I love it when I go I, to golf courses. <laughs> I wear a cap. When I wear a cap and I know my glasses, people kind of double take and they think that I am Tiger Woods for a moment because I'm light skin. Yeah. I'm on the golf course, you know. And, and you and fuck white see- women. <laughs> that tune. Um uh, hanging out as Tiger Woods, actually. We we have a undisclosed bed. Hilarious. <laughs> well he he has a hip replacement, doesn't he? Oh man, that man is falling apart right now. Oh yeah. He, he had to pull out, which is something he don't do well, uh uh no. golf event. Good night. And uh, and he was sick. He got sick, so he had to he had to pull out of this golf event, he broke his leg in a car accident. He's just He needs to take a break for a moment.
0: Just sit down. Sit down, Tiger. He gets he gets hit with a baseball bat by a white bitch, crashes his SUV. Then he wrecks on the was it the PCH he wrecked his car, went over the cliff or something. He's a mess, honey. I hope you don't drive a golf cart like that. (laughs) Unbelievable. So don't do that with Ellie, please. So tell me everything. Tell me what is happening with you. You created the Carmichael Show. You're a part of the Wave on Rose Battle. I know everybody wants to hear about that, or not.
1: Oh, I, I mean, the thing about the the Wave, which is one of the most, it was the most fun I ever had, and and stand up comedy or comedy in oh, general, yeah, because we got to be. Clowns on stage. Like it was yep. almost like the id of comedy. Like it went back to Three Stooges. Totally. You know, we, we couldn't talk and we just had props and we just had to make you laugh quickly within six seconds. And uh so we were like the peanut gallery for roasting, like, you know, roast battle. Like when two people roast each other, we would be the accent if the joke was good. And sometimes we would be the uh, accent if the joke was bad. Right. Uh, but it kept the show moving along as an audience member. You're like, "Whoa, this is like a circus up here!" Man, <laughs> uh, I don't know if you, I, you haven't done it with the weight, but you've done roast battle before. Yes, yeah,
0: I did it at New York Comedy Club, and it's nerve wracking, you know. It really is because all eyes are on you, and it's and you've got to go up like a school shooter. <laughs> I tell
1: people, I tell people, no. You, <laughs> You have to go up there with your back against the wall because they have yeah. blood. They want blood. I mean, you said school shooter. I, th- I feel like they got a bunch of pitchforks, like an angry mob. The audience is like, we're going to be a blood. <laughs> yeah, like that's so, so, Oh, so wait. God. We got to jump in and we got to be like silly and goofy and take that edge off a little bit. Right. Know? Like, I think we did a bit. I remember where. Uh, I played a, uh, I was in an angel wings costume. (laughs) I laid on the ground and Jamar went up with like this bandana tie, like he was from the crypt. Oh my God. Jeremiah held up a sign that said, uh, for my dead homies. (laughs) Jamar poured out a 40 on top of me. And I came up and flew up with my little wings like this. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember the roast joke, but I remember doing that on stage and the audience just went, and that probably, it probably overshadowed the roast joke. That's why you don't remember it. Yeah. It could be one of those battles yeah, that yeah. hit hard, you know? So we, we went for the, we went for the fences on that bit.
0: Well, with that, you'd need some, something like the wave, especially because I've been to many roast battles and been in roast battles that were wah, 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 terrible. And it's like, who wrote your jokes? Helen Keller. She couldn't see the paper or hear the, the rhythm. What the fuck happened? out know? and you know me i'll go for the jugular i don't give a fuck <laughs> oh it's always
1: bad when a, a comic uh is roasting and uh and they're reading the jokes off their phones and it's like and it's terrible i'm like you you wrote that down like you you, you wrote that down wow uh all right wave let's go try to clean this up i don't know what we're gonna do here I Am I in the room again, Christy? Oh. <laughs> I got you over the show now. This is mine
0: now. <laughs> you know, fuck that bitch. She get God cut her off. <laughs> you know, I had to leave for
1: a minute. <laughs> that was that was quick i was like what happened there and then i was just talking and I, that was a lot to me i just started talking i looked up and i go oh they left
0: i had to cut out it must have been, we must be using at&t today for some reason uh, oh, do you have at&t Fuck no i i got i, I got t-mobile i was i used to have sprint Oh my goodness. And they bought T and T-Mobile bought them. So I used to call it Scrimps PCS. <laughs> <laughs> and now we are T Mobile, honey. <laughs> we are trans mobile. <laughs> and we identify as a real network.
1: <laughs> I had a friend that told me he said T Mobile when I first when I first got cell phone service, I had Verizon. Mm. And he goes, ooh, you must have good credit. I was like, I don't really have any credit. And then my credit got bad, and he goes, T-Mobile. That's where you need to go. <laughs> and uh, they don't check anything. They give you a phone on sign up. They're like, here you go. We'll, just, we'll, put you on, we'll put you on
0: month to month because we don't trust. you Yeah, they they check your pulse. That's about it. Are you gonna be alive next month to pay you this fucking bill, bitch? <laughs> Yeah, they give the store away. Then they fucking come out. They're like the mafia. Look at it. We give you all these nice things and then they come and collect. And you're like, fuck. Why is it so expensive? <laughs> it's expensive because they can't trust your fucking no credit, having ass, it's your busted ass.
1: <laughs> but they've come a long way as a company, though. I mean, if they're mm-hmm. buying up Sprint, so I mean, they've got a lot of
0: towers. So they're really Dude, they're going up. They're huge right now, bro. They're huge. Taking over. T stands for taking over mobile, bitch. <laughs> Verizon's like the old lady of the phone companies now. <laughs> yeah, Verizon. <laughs> well, Verizon tried to
1: get cute and they tried to get into entertainment. They were they were doing they had like an entertainment brand. And, and it, it didn't it was like Quibi. It, it wasn't it wasn't Quibi, oh, but it was like it was like, like a Quibi or a what's the other one that failed to to be? to be ruby i don't know there, there's so many of these people coming in and like so, i can start my own thing and i'm like no no
0: you can't quibi and tubi are like the sheen of clothing companies <laughs> they're the worst it is so like made in china the acting right. is so bad it's it's worse than watching autistic kids do shakespeare <laughs> really and i don't mean anything bad about autistic children <laughs> They're more entertaining than, than anybody on Tubi or QB or Quibi or what the fuck they want to call it. <laughs> but, but back to the what we were talking about um, with the roast battles and the when we got cut off. But the thing is, like having the wave really brings to life, especially when shit bombs. And I'm sure. You guys did a lot of episodes where people just bombed out yeah you know there had to be and I've done I've watched so many bad battles and I've been to some killer battles and it's just I remember I did a, a roast battle in Connecticut and I didn't know anything about the guy I just got back from my mother's funeral so I didn't mm-hmm. give a shit about a roast battle I could care less I wrote a couple jokes on the train And I said, you know what? I'm just going to riff. I'm really good off the cuff. So I'm just going to riff. But my head wasn't in it. But I'm like, I made a commitment. I'm going to show up. These guys, and I love the Connecticut guys. All the Connecticut guys are amazing. And uh, so the guy, Dave Sheehan, was roasting me. And I know he's not a strong stand-up, but the fucking guy is brilliant. And if you want someone to write your jokes for Roast Battle, this is the guy. And... I I got, you know, I started, I got him good. He said something. I got another one in. But he was so funny and original with roasting me that I just sat down and said, fuck it, just go. This shit is funnier than anything I've ever heard in my life. I go, you actually sat down and found nuances about me and you don't even know me. And you figured out like weird shit that I, like it was so brilliant. I've never been roasted that that smart before it's usually oh you look like a man oh you're on steroids what are you China oh oh uh, you are Caitlyn Jenner uh, uh. and I'm like already oh, already you know
1: because yeah,
0: you're not trying this dude was like talking about me in an outfit rocking the Joan Jet you know like I was I I was like like I was relevant when Joan Jet was a lot or something like that it was so brilliant and just how he how he pieced together the bits and the, and the row. I was just like, I just sat there and went, no, keep going. Just fucking let me have it. This is the greatest thing I ever heard. I was well, so happy.
1: <laughs> that, that's the best part is like, you gotta remember when you do these roast battles, is, it's a show, it's still a show. So yep. you can't lose your cool and take it personally. Yeah. You know, if someone has really got you, I mean, I, I've done a couple of roast battles myself and I was like, you know, all right, I got beat. You know, what are you gonna do? You know? <laughs> yep. Exactly. And, uh, and I <laughs> I remember one time I got a little too cocky on one of my jokes. I was I was going against a guy, his name was uh Pete uh Pete Canartion. I believe that's how you say his last name. Pete Pete, sure. Pete And Pete uh uh was on stage and I found out that he had like three DUIs in his past or something. <laughs> and uh and I and I made a joke about his DUIs and his. I made a joke about his liver. Okay. And I, and, uh, and I and it hit and I was like yeah and I stepped off the <laughs> stage for for one step and I put my arm up like this, and the crowd was like yeah and right in that moment time slowed down. <laughs> he pulled up his microphone and the first thing he, it wasn't even a joke it was just a quip off what I said. Enough. I go, oh, yeah, that is true. I'm an alcoholic, but I'll tell you one thing. My liver is the blackest thing on this stage. Oh. And I know I or I'm like, oh. Oh, you got me. <laughs> and the crowd, you <laughs> I think the oh. wave came up and went against me. It was the only time the wave went against, as a member, of the wave like, look, man, I'm sorry I have to do this. They're like afraid of, yeah.
0: What am I gotta do? Yeah, what do you want me to do? <laughs> <laughs> I did a roast battle one time at the stand. It was with Comedy Fight Club, and that kid Matt Marin that runs it. He was on the show a few months ago. He's great. He's such a great roast master. Like he running Comedy Fight Club in the city. It's so huge out here, and he's the perfect person. His delivery, because he's got brain damage from being in an accident. And he almost died, and you know, he's a little, uh, but he's so funny. And he's, I think he's tilted on a level that people don't connect. Like, he roasts me fucking genius every time. And uh, so uh, he did one one night. We did it at the stand, and I was, and I didn't, I don't know any of the new Jacks because I'm a hundred. So I'm like, uh, I kind of know Oscar Aiden. He's, he was on the show, one of my first episodes, Gay as a Picnic Basket and so he goes you want to go first and this is an Oscar as a host at the stand I don't work the stand I'm not cool enough for the stand I don't have enough followers and I don't suck anybody's dick so I ain't getting spots and I really don't care so I'm there and I feel like a fish out of water as it is because nobody will talk to me because I'm not one of the cool kids it's, it's very mean girls these tethers over there and it's so mean girls and so we go up And I do the opening joke. And I said, Oscar is so gay, his blood type is AIDS. Crushes. I'm all, yeah, I'm winning this fucking battle. This motherfucker had such a strategy that he wouldn't even address me in the whole battle. He turned to.
1: We lost Christy again. Hello, everyone, this is Willie. Thanks for sticking around. We're going to get
0: Christmas back. <laughs> Unbelievable! believable this internet is gone. So when you work on the yeah, <laughs> so, You are know, you are telling me about the guy. And yeah, so he's turned like You're about the... To- so I think I'm going to... I think I'm owning this. Like, I destroy. Like, they're chanting after that joke. And I'm like, it was such a dumb joke. So, and I spent, you know, me, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write 50, 60 roast jokes about you. So, and I can pick and choose and organize them. He turns to the DJ and just starts talking. You know what? I can't stand about her. Like I'm not even in the room the whole time. And I go to retort and it was like, he wasn't even addressing me. And it was, the only thing that was annoying is that he wouldn't look at me. You know, like it was very done. It's a total strategy yeah it was a brilliant strategy but he wouldn't open his energy up to me he kept his back to me the whole time bent talking to the uh dj in the corner and, and, and you know he was you said he was a gay man yeah and, oh yeah that, that's such a gay i
1: mean I, i'm not it's, it, yeah. saying anything you know oh,
0: it, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it. like you know like um, did you hear something i don't know yeah yeah he's so over the top gay and then like you know, doing that, he took jokes from my act, and I'm like, uh, and then one joke that he actually wrote bombed, and he was doing joke I go, that's in my act, and and I was so like annoyed that he wouldn't look at me. That I was like, why didn't you just address? He's not looking at you. Like why? Oh, you took that from my act. Oh, I bet you the next one's gonna be about China. Oh, I bet you're gonna make fun. And then I started doing that towards the end and i was winning them back i go oh going into my set again I, I, I see somebody watch my set or something like that and uh and stole my jokes from my own bit to roast me with okay that's brilliant like and but it wasn't like but they were all on his side anyway because all the little chick comics that work there are all like buddy buddies with him so it was fine i didn't care i was just like i was kind of annoyed he wouldn't look at me but i'm like what a brilliant strategy that was you know and then at the end, people were like hugging me, like, you're a really great joke writer. And I said, yeah, it's funny how I write my jokes. And I wrote his, too, apparently. You wrote
1: his, too, yeah. The deal without those roast battles, I, and, and I know the ones in Los Angeles where, at least the show originated, I'm not gonna say The Art of Roasting originated, that's stupid. No. Uh, but like, the one that's on Comedy Central Roast Battle is that they have a panel of judges. And yeah, they had that in New York as well, right?
0: Yes. Oh, yeah. And it's always comics that think they're more important than they really are. See, that, that to me is what hurts the most
1: about roasting is that you're literally hearing from your peers, not idols, not people you look up to. There's someone who's like maybe a degree removed from you. They may have been on Conan once, you know.
0: Or, or they're not as funny <laughs> as you and you know that you blow them off the stage and then they want to tear you down. Just because it's their one shot to jab you. And that's why I don't pay attention to it. I I laugh. Um, the hardest roast, what was what was your hardest roast battle that you ever did? Like, what was the most challenging one? Uh, the most challenging
1: one was I was part of, you know, like you said in the intro, I was a paid regular. And mm-hmm. uh, I was one of the first paid regular roast battles at the comic okay. store. Okay. It was me versus Mike Favorman. Oh God! And uh, I hope was, you won. I hope you I, won. I won the first round. <laughs> and he won the second round, uh, and then he won the third round. I lost to him. I lost. What's, to Mike but, what's with the balloons? Did you see that? Oh, I, I I don't know. It's like I just did this, and then did this, and then did this, and then it just happens. I don't know.
0: Is it my birthday. I don't know. I don't know. I think I think the podcast thinks you won that battle. <laughs> you got some, you got some AI producers working for you. Right? I apparently do, or are they think that Mike Faverman's full of hot air? <laughs>
1: it was, it was perfectly kind I know, I was uh,
0: like yay! How do we do that?
1: Uh, <laughs> that was the most <laughs> nerve wracking because it, it was. Uh, they usually have like, you know, like a lot of people starting out in comedy doing those roast battles because it's the right. quickest way to move up or whatever. Sure. And, I, and Moses asked me, Brian Moses, the. The host of roast battle How i to do it i'm gonna go against Favorman. my Favorman is disgusting he's filthy i love him you know big you know yeah. guy he he doesn't care i'm like he has no shame none and uh and i have a little shame i'm not gonna lie i have a little bit of shame you have class Willie uh, you have I'll, class all right i'll i'll take that i'll take that <laughs> favorite has no class i will not that <laughs> None. And um, he said we had a couple. <laughs> we had a couple judges that um, I believe it was Moshe Kasher and Natasha Legero. I think they were the judges. Anyway, they, I'm done. I mean, yay. <laughs> and they spent the time like literally just making, you know, they got the microphone. So they spend their entire time judging, making fun of me. And, and i remember going like this feels like like mean girls a little bit it felt like yeah. i was Lindsay lohan's character and i thought i was in the cool club and no i'm not well, I'm, I, they they set me up oh uh, yeah they did at the photo moshe came up to me and he was like uh hey willie that was a lot of fun right and i go oh i'm happy to be the fodder for your entertainment that was a lot of fun for everyone involved and he goes oh and i go yeah I, I wasn't having fun i mean anyone who's getting bullied or double teamed from a married couple or whatever and no pun intended in most cases that may be fun not in this case yeah. and uh i was like no and I, that was like the last time I, I i roasted and i was i was like i can't stand up there and just get ridiculed and judged by I'm not saying people I don't respect Because I respect Moshe and and, uh, and Natasha It's just that I did Do you though like, <laughs> Not enough for them to shit on me like they did I guess If it had been Don Rickles I'd have been crying Because I'm uh, so joyous you know. Uh, if it, it would have been somebody good I would have been like yeah roast me baby Yeah but it was it was just It was just mean spirited It wasn't even really funny the audience wasn't really laughing I remember people came up to me and are like Man they were really mean to you And I was like yeah they were wasn't they didn't seem very funny you know but yeah that was one of the last times i I did it i said i can't stand up there and get judged yeah it's quite i'll do it for fun in a parking lot if we're roasting another comic you know but it's
0: people that love you and respect you you know what i mean it's not like mean girl or attacking or against you like when i did the stand that time it was all those you know, the Karen Fians and the uh, Corinne Fishers, those, the Mean Girl Club, they don't like me. I like Corinne, she's, you know, she's not Corinne, uh, Karen Fian. she's nice, but she's a mess, you know? But they, you know, they made their their money, they did their thing, God bless them. I wish them all the success, but they're just mean girls and they don't like other girls that aren't like them that don't play the game that you know all that bullshit cuz i don't give a fuck i'm like be funny do you, do you, yeah i mean do you think
1: i mean it's not even a girls thing it's a men thing too and male mm-hmm. comics do it too you know jealousy It's right. like one who they think that should not be where they're at or you, you know it's respecting or whatever but it's usually i find it more common when it's like like the mean girls thing is usually a lot more on the women comic side
0: oh yeah Uh, oh a hundred listen i always tell people this and i've been doing stand-up 28 years so i've seen and heard every bullshit thing on the planet i i told this to one of the clubs here fired their bookers that were making the money and helped them make a second location because they were making so much money and then they fired them because they got greedy right so now the club's failing they might close good for them that's what you get for firing two good guys so cut two. they hire this girl she's a five six year comic to book the club and I said do you understand since she took over I don't get
1: well we lost Christy again she'll be back everyone I hate that it pops out, like, right at the juicy part of the story. You know, it's just like a little cliffhanger.
0: (laughs) I just switched routers. I just went to my hotspot. I can't take this spectrum anymore. So, um, what were we saying? I forgot now. On the new booker at the club. Oh, yes, yes. So I said, do you understand that? I, go, I don't get spots anymore because I'm going to tell you something about women in comedy versus men in comedy because these guys don't know I said women are meaner to other women because they're fighting for the same carrot. and the girl comics always want to be the pretty one in the room and the funny one so you'll see one girl if she's producing a show you'll see she's the one on the show everybody else is a guy and it has nothing to do with funny or not. It has nothing to do with it. It's about being surrounded by guys. Because she wants to be the funny girl with the guys. And I said, men are nicer to women comics than women are. Because women have vaginas. And men have penises. And there's that one. Men have that one little shot of hope. That as long as they have their penis. And as long as she has her vagina. That they could he could stick it in there at one point. So he's got you know what I mean that's and that's reality
1: I mean you couldn't, you couldn't break it down any uh, more eloquently thank
0: you uh,
1: <laughs> I, I talk to everybody <laughs> like they're fine so <laughs> <laughs> no no. I mean actually that was that would yeah. get the bell on the head right there you know that's so true I find that uh, um, as a comic you know when I when, there's a show out here in, in Los Angeles called pretty funny women
0: yes I know you it's been around the, a long time. Yeah, it's been around it's a long time. It's been around time. for a while. But I didn't know
1: there was an email that that comes with this show that these the rules you have to adhere to do the show. Like you gotta dress up, you gotta dress nice. Mm-hmm. Can't look yep. frumpy looking. Nope. You know, wear wear a dress, basically a cocktail dress. Yeah. Um you I will you never them. do that show. <laughs> yeah. You wear a cocktail dress, you gotta bring ten people, you know, you can't joke about this, this, and that. Uh I was like, what kind of nonsense is this what in the handmaid's tale is this show <laughs> and the person who runs the show is the one that's the part that that blows my mind because i was like okay i get i can see some dude trying to be some little hugh hefner here you know yeah. behind the scenes well, trying to sure you know. absolutely but to, to see a fellow I, i'm assuming she's a comedian too or something yeah uh, oh
0: yes what is she trying to create like a a class a genre I think what she's trying to do all these years is to create to show that women have class and they're pretty and they don't talk and like go fuck yourself I'm a fucking I'm more woman than you'll ever be and probably more man than you'll ever get bitch and the fact that it's just like I am relaxed on I say I talk about anything I want no one's gonna tell me how to do my shit and no one's gonna tell me how I've been told how to dress how to talk how to speak how to approach? How to do my hair? What to say? What not to say? You shouldn't talk about that every fucking day in my life at the comedy store from these other comics that weren't in at the comedy store that would try to that I do other shows with on the road and they would tell me you should wear a dress it might go over better. Did you ever think about not cursing? Uh, maybe you should put your hair up. Did you ever think of that? You know, I'm like did you ever think of shutting up without getting a fucking fist in your throat how about that how about mind your business you know what I mean it's like they always want to tell women what to do and other women will do they fall into that trap of telling other women how to be a woman because they know best girl but, it, it,
1: but it's crazy because you like especially in male comedies there's I will not say diversity as far as race but there's diversity in opinions in comedy. Like in because the, it's a man, just type. Of, why can't you have that for women? Why can't you have like? Oh, she's a dry comic. She is uh you know a blue a blue comic. She is a one liner. She is a you know. It's always like she's a woman comic. Like that's there's only
0: one archetype you can be. Because so men, from the beginning of time, men have always put us in that little category, like gay comics, female comics, black comics, Spanish comics. It's a niche that they want to put us in with labels. And this is why I hate theme shows. Yeah. And it, uh, I hate all female lineups. It's ladies' night. Go fuck yourself. I don't want to listen to four bitches talk all night. Uh uh-uh, uh, no, ma'am. I like variety. You know? Right. If it's four females, give me an Indian girl. Give me a black girl. Give me a white girl. Give me a, a Jewish or an Asian girl. Let me hear four different perspectives. You know what I mean? But women are also conditioned to talk a certain way on stage. You talk about your husband. You talk about your children. You talk about your family. You talk about this. You talk about your job. You talk about your period. You talk about pregnancy. And you keep it to that point, And that's it. So when they experience somebody like me who doesn't fall into that, it's they don't know what to do with it. So they fear it or they try to crush it. And no one will. I get more respect from male comics than I do female comics. Because of the fact. Yeah, because of the fact. Like Paul Mooney told me this years ago. And I always talk about this to everybody. And I've said it on the show here many times. One night I got off stage at Caroline's. And he used to always stand in the back of the room and watch me before he went up. Because he was my mentor. He was my father, you know. So I got off stage and he's like standing there and I crushed. It was like, you know, like I, I'm i surprised they didn't stand. Like I murdered. And I get off stage and he goes, very funny, honey. And he's like, stands all point. Oh, very funny, honey. Funny stuff. And I said, thanks. I said, thank you. And he goes, just know they're going to want to lynch you. And I said, what? He goes, honey, you have a freedom on that stage that they don't have. And they're going to kill you for it. Watch. He's right. Mm -hmm. Paul Mooney. The greatest. But yeah, I have a freedom up there that people don't have. And I've said things and got and done stuff that people could never pull off. And it's not... I think because, too, I come from a, a loving, you know, unconditional... You know I'm we're all together family kind of place you know I I come from love I was taught how to read by drag queens you know what I mean and playing Paul Mooney rooms you know you gotta you gotta hold your own as a white girl right and uh it's you know the things I've said and gotten away with because I just commit I just let it out and just let it fall and that's how all my years of stand-up from the beginning is how I evolved into this piece of shit that I am today.
1: <laughs> it would almost be—it would almost be a disservice not to be yourself at this point of your career, you know. Yeah. Of, of all the spots you've done, and I like right? random rooms, laundromats, bars, strip clubs, wherever the hell you know.
0: Whenever there's yeah. a mic and someone says you want to do some time, I'm like, yeah,
1: let's,
0: yeah. Let's I have no here. shame. And I'm lucky, like I talk about the comedy trifecta and, and, you know, like playing a white room, playing a black room and playing a gay room. That's the trifecta in my book. Oh, I don't. Yeah, I can play all three. And one of the things that it's, it's the funniest thing to watch. And it's also a really pisses me off at the same time is watching white, white dudes go into a black room and then start cooning on stage. And pandering, I call it whiteboarding, and it's like it's white cooning. and it's just like, and I'm up there just like, just be funny, dude, just be funny. Stop treating them like they're they're not people. Stop.
1: Well, I, for, I I'm used So to- I go after them, and then you know, oh yes, you got it. <laughs> he would he would say because there's something about like a white man that kind of clams up in a room full of black people, knowing that. For once you are not the coolest person you are the least coolest person in this so it's almost like you gotta try even harder to try to fit in so you'll see the pandering you'll see the you know all that good stuff but it is fun to watch though you know it's either they go they go that route or pandering route I'm cool enough to where I'm gonna burn it all down (laughs) is where... Hey, look. <laughs> it's your One. finger yes it happened with this bro look at that
0: <laughs> <laughs> if a clown comes out of a gutter i'm leaving but speaking of black rooms like i remember <laughs> what this started
1: I started I started doing stand up And I because everything was so Segregated as far as shows were Like the the black show or Mm -hmm. This type of show or whatever And and I would run around I would do the black rooms And I wasn't going to pander to what The comics I saw before me you know like they're Dancing on stage talking about (laughs) You know driving your car backwards For some reason I don't know it was craziness and I remember I went up there and I made a joke about it at the time the movie Precious was out, oh. and uh, and I had made a Precious joke, and it got quite as hell up in there. <laughs> and i was yeah. like, yeah, this is, I tell dark jokes. This is my style. I talk about stuff that no one, yeah. you know. If there's a funeral, I'm I'm thinking of the next bit right now. You know, I don't know. Yeah. I just that's how I cope. And uh, and then after I said, I remember someone in the back goes, oh, he ma and then uh, that's when the crowd got on my side they're like oh he's he's intelligent he's doing material yeah i'm not dancing he's not as you would say cooning
0: yeah white cooning white cooning <laughs> um but it's it, you just have to just be funny and and be fearless you know what i mean and to me a thing i like about black rooms versus white rooms the, the pros of that is you always know where you stand on every joke. Oh, yeah. They will tell you straight. They don't hold nothing back. White people will sit there and hold back. Oh. Or sit quiet. You know what I mean? They don't. They're very internal. They're very, you know, introverted with their laughs or their feelings at a comedy show. But I just love it when they, uh, like, say say it's, it's just a regular
1: room ride and... Um, there's someone and i love brody stevens you know how, he, Legend. how he how he attacks the audience if they're not with him. why well, yep. the best the thing i love about brody is that he would do that in a black room too and it would kill.
0: <laughs> yeah because it's he's fearless he's brody fearless. was fearless they, he wasn't afraid of them they know app when you're apprehensive or you pull back a little bit because you're afraid to offend anybody they smell it. it's like blood in the water and they're gonna fucking they're piranhas they'll fucking chew you up in a second so i go brody was brilliant he didn't give a fuck you know and another person like that is holtzman he don't give a fuck and i don't give a fuck and i remember one time you might like this you know i've I've said this you know my listeners i love you guys because you listen to the same bullshit half the time (laughs) um There was one time I went on stage. It was right when I started, when I got to New York, and I started working with Mooney full-time here in New York. And I go on stage, and it's packed. And the front row was this girl and her boyfriend. And, you know, the tables were long at Caroline's in the front row. They were long tables, so you sat sideways and watched, right? So this girl, I walk up, and she literally crosses her arms and turns her back. And her boyfriend's looking and she's looking at him like, don't laugh, motherfucker, like because there's a girl on stage. And it, it was really tense and I was doing stuff and she was just adamant. So I bent down behind her head. Cause she couldn't see me. I bent down behind her head and I said, it's OK, honey. I'm not fat enough to fuck your man the crowd went nuts I mean people were stomping Ah, (laughs) oh no she did it oh no she did it oh my god that's hilarious pounding tables stomping the place is going nuts and I just clowned her I said it's okay honey I'm not fat enough to fuck your boyfriend oh Oh, and that was and I won and I won them over oh uh, yeah in that moment I could do no and I said you know what I don't have to hold back like because I was this is what this is going back like 17 years now 18 years something like that and I was just like okay we're doing this you know this is a New York show this is a Paul Mooney room I gotta go for it go big or go home and when I said that to her I won them over and I fucking destroyed and I was like yep no fear bitch
1: yeah, it's like, uh, and you are in the room, too, you know? like that. Yeah. That's like a uh, one of those c- comedic tricks, which is dangerous. It can be very dangerous sometimes mm-hmm. when you go into an establishment or wherever you're performing yeah. at, and you're like, you're making riffs in your head. You're like, should I say this on stage? I don't know. I don't want to lose the room early on. I want them to like me, but at the same time, I got to talk about, you know, this stuffed giant grizzly bear they have in a corner. I got a riff on that. Like, I remember one time I was hosting at the Improv, and it was a fun lineup and the crowd was packed or whatever. And Dane Cook went up and, and you know, that night he ate a shit sandwich. Like uh, he was bombing wow. so much that he started berating the audience, oh. a couple of women in the front. And he started yelling at these couple oh of women. Oh my God. Saying things like, uh, you know, I don't need this. You know who neither, I am. Neither do they get off the stage. You know, all these other comics <laughs> on the lineup. They need this, and you know, all this, um, uh, and I'm hosting the show. You know. I'm hosting. Uh, uh, so I got to go up after this and mop it up, you know. Right. And uh, so I go up there. The crowd's kind of chattery or whatever. And uh, and I said, I said, uh, <clears throat> "They didn't cook everyone, and no one really gives it up." And I know. Go, <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh, I need this. I haven't to eat today. <laughs> you getting pay $25 you know I said would well, you know, it would be really funny if this was a happening and these two girls in the front row leaves with Dane in his limo at the end of the night and then the girl's like I would never leave with him I said I know that's a hypothetical there but just like being in the room and like taking moments and
0: owning it you know I love, love about stand up comedy mm-hmm. um a buddy of mine, like, like, cause I love the elephant in the room. I love it. I love when shit happens. I, you know, I always tell people don't, I go, let them heckle, let them talk shit because that's my bread and butter. Do you understand? Right. And all, I don't have any fear and I'm really great in the moment. That's one of my strong suits, which is thank God. So like every show is different that I do because there's different audiences There's different circumstances, different stupid shit happens. So it's always fun to be, you know, I have my material, but my material is always in the moment. And I'll use in the moment shit to segue into bits, or I will, you know, incorporate the audience as a segue for a bit. So it becomes more personal to them, like I'm just riffing. But I have all the material, but I don't have any of the crowd work material in my head. I just have the jokes, you know, the the bits. And so when shit pops off, there's nothing better than when shit pops off that I could just weave it right in, boom, crush. You know what I mean? It's like I love the elephant in the room. And when, if I wish I was there when Dane Cook bombed, because I would have let him have it. I would have unleashed the kraken on him. <laughs> Oh, oh, it's getting, going oh. back going back to
1: bookers I was very fortunate to get booked to be improv so I was like I don't want to ruin this moment but at the same right. time the comedic side of me is like I can't let this slip away either. you can't you can't,
0: you, can't. <laughs> you gotta those are golden nuggets that God hands to you as a little treat here you go you're such a good person here's a little snack like a puppy treat you know it's like you gotta seize that moment especially and that was one thing that I learned a lot in black rooms was to address the elephant in the room. If something crazy happened or something stupid, and you don't, they'll turn on you. Like, why aren't you talking about this? Yeah, you know, and white rooms are more polite about that. They'll just sit quiet and and not know what to do. And bl- well, they go, "Where's security?
1: Where's security at?" um They're interrupting us. Black rooms,
0: like, you don't do something about that. <laughs> You know, it's not the internet, it's uh StreamYard. Oh. Yeah, StreamYard is shutting down on me. So bastard. It's, it's, it's really <laughs> I'm probably like eighteen times during this. It's the Willie Hunter show. <laughs> I'm changing
1: <laughs> There was that uh, I remember when Conan O'Brien bought an uh and Super Bowl ad. And it was like, you know, it was like six million dollars for 60 seconds. Wow. And uh and he bought one second.
0: Huh.
1: And his ad was this was his ad, and goes, he he pops on the screen, he goes, me. And that was
0: <laughs> I love that's one of my favorite Super Bowl ads of all time. That is the most G I don't remember that. Yeah, that was but a- now, long- but now- Seven eight years ago, something. Oh, like- uh, he is so funny. So
1: that's- I think Conan is hilarious. That's my guy right there. That's 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 what got me into stand up comedy was Conan O'Brien when I was a kid. I used to watch his late night show.
0: Ah, uh, he was my favorite late night because it was like he wasn't so conformed and you know structured. He would just go right. off on shit. You know, he was he was free, and his freedom is what was like yeah you can do that fuck yeah you can do that on late night yes go nuts do that Mm -hmm. don't be so structured you know and he really you know he changed late night in the capacity of that structure I mean Letterman's is you know a legend and Johnny Carson is you know the king right and you know go back what Ed Sullivan and Merv Griffin all the other but they weren't late nights so it's you know, Johnny Carson was brilliant, so brilliant because he would literally let people on the couch go nuts, or Conan went nuts to the people. Well, you know what I mean. Like they like they swapped, but it was so nice to see a host just let loose and not be so, you know, cookie cutter.
1: Yeah, so stuffed up and yeah, you
0: know. and like I'm corporate, I'm network, I got to do it like this and well so, what, I, what I really
1: love about Conan was that he didn't mind being the butt of a joke you know oh, he was no. like we're having fun here everyone was gonna laugh we're gonna laugh yep. at everything I really love that a lot
0: yeah that's it's huge when you can take a joke I love that's why I throw myself under the bus in my act all the time because it's funny it's funny right. to make fun of yourself and when people can roast you well fucking do it let me hear your brilliance that's I'm into the actual structure of the joke and how you and what made you come up with that. That was fucking genius. Like, I'm obsessed with that. I don't care about getting roasted. Do it. Right. Let me have it. Let me fucking have it. You know, <laughs> just my no turn of my ass. God damn it. No one can make fun,
1: make more fun of me than me. No one can beat me at that. No, nope, like, I'm I, the queen. Yeah. yeah. Like, if I really wanted to like, make fun of myself, I could, you know.
0: Oh, I love it. I love, and then I get people after, after a show going, you're so mean to yourself. You're very pretty. You're very fun. Like, it's a joke. It's okay. You shouldn't say those nasty things about yourself. I go, now I want to throat punch you because you just <laughs> said, shut up. God, let me head here. Hold this. Boosh. Right in the head. You fuck. It's a joke. It's comedy. <laughs> I
1: can't. Oh, the, one, the only time I, I only tell my, I will say there was one time I, I did get up and walked out on someone's set. It was my friend Jamar neighbors. I don't know if you know him and he really pushes the envelope. He'll talk about, if you tell him something not to uh-huh. joke about, that's the first thing he's going to go yep. and say, joking. Yep. So we're performing in Aurora, Colorado. About two minutes from the Aurora Theater where they have the Batman yeah. the Batman shooting. We all know this. No one's gonna say anything. Not Jamar. Not Jamar. Jamar goes up there and he's doing his joke. He's actually doing well. He's doing six minutes in a set. He's killing him. He's got him eating out of his hands. Right. And then something in his head said, Hey, talk about that shooting. And he so he in the middle of the set, it was so random, he goes. So y'all know if I got discounts on those tickets over here. I'm trying to go see a movie. Um everyone goes, oh, no, no. and I go, Oh my God, Jamar, you're gonna do this. Because oh, for real, I mean, I know I that you know this, I know you got discount tickets. <laughs> a woman stands and she goes, This is not funny, slams her drinks down, storms out of the comedy club. Oh um, my God. Jamar meanders through like three more minutes, he gets off stage. And we're in the back in the green room, and he goes, oh, man, I didn't think they're going to react that way. I was like, Jamar, the movie theater is down the street.
0: Yeah. yeah. It just, it, it, they're still finding bodies to this day. <laughs> Dick. De- <laughs> <laughs> they're still missing. Look around.
1: It went up on their phone. It was, like, literally, like, four blocks away. Yeah. was like, you, 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 what are you doing? You, like, so we had to wait at the end of the show to get escorted out because people were waiting to beat him up outside
0: oh my god what an idiot i love it though but that's see. Like, i love it too but like my thing Mo- is where, where were you going with it though like you got yeah have a current. payoff yeah you gotta yeah, pay like- mooney after 9-11 i was like oh no because you know mooney he went right on that stage that weekend and did about 10, 20 minutes on 9 11. Oh, Ooh. and murdered. It was so clever and so, because it's Mooney. He's brilliant. Right. It was so good. Like people are like in shock, but laughing so hard at his take on it. It's just, if you guys get, so I think it's on his Analyzing White America. um. Okay. That, oh,
1: yeah. I got to watch this. If it's on, I definitely got to watch yeah, that.
0: I mean, I've watched that bit 400,000 times opening for him. And I, the first time I heard it, Willie, I spit my water across the room. It was so <laughs> funny. I was like, I go, this motherfucker is the only one I know that could go on after a huge tragedy. That's going to shift the times. Like this is a defining moment in history. And this motherfucker is going to go up there while they're still digging bodies out of the rubble and do 20 minutes on it and, and kill and kill. He murders with that shit. And it's so, it was so brilliant. And I was like, God damn it. This man, we need to wrap him in bubble wrap because this man needs to live forever. Like, I, we need a live forever potion to give to him before he died because... That shit was so brilliant. How he talked about the hijackers and oh my god! You, I'm not going to say anything because I want you to watch okay, it. Okay, okay, okay. And, and if you guys out there watch Paul Mooney's analyzing White America, I believe that's the special that it's on. Oh, it's so good! It's so good. But uh, oh, yeah, man. but Jimbo has I, everything to pay it off with. That's yeah, why they yeah, had nothing. Yeah, it was it was more of him
1: just trying to dock. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, you can still shot people on stage, but yeah, like you said, and we've been saying the theme throughout this entire—it's just still got to be
0: funny. Yeah, like, we're, nobody we're, cares. We're funny be funny. There, yeah. yeah, nobody cares. Be funny. No one cares. Just do, be fucking funny. If you're gonna do something, it better be funny. And if you're not funny, you shouldn't do it. There are subjects I don't talk about because I can't be funny with them. I know that, so I stay right. away from them. It's just not in my wheelhouse. It's not my mentality. It's not how I. I feel it's not part of my uh, point of view DNA so to speak and so I just stay away from it you know I don't do politics I don't talk about family stuff I don't have any connection to my family so it's there's nothing to talk about and when it comes to like anything I don't like to divide audiences I don't want anybody to feel alienated By something that I think or my opinion on something or my stance. Um, You there? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But uh, when it, I I just, if even if I have a strong opinion about something, I'm going to go dark and fucked up with it. And I commit to it. Like the closest thing I ever did on my album, Brutally Yours on Apple, iTunes, Spotify. Amazon music title wherever you stream your music that's my shameless plug um (laughs) on my album I talked about Roe versus Wade but not in the in the sense of like the the two sides it was about why it cannot be taken away (laughs) it's and I thought and I posted that as a clip part of it as a clip as a, one of the first preview clips for the album when it released and I'm like yeah this is going to get me cancelled I'm going to get some publicity it's going to crush I'm going to be hated and everybody's going to share like what a bitch this girl is and it's going to go viral Every mother- I think it only got like 5,000 views and people are like this is so real oh my god she just said what we were thinking and I'm like god damn it I can't even get cancelled right god damn it but it was funny and it was probably the hardest laugh on the entire album when I did I did an hour and a half that night. And it was probably the hardest laugh that I got all night where I had to wait for them to stop scream. They were screaming laughing. They weren't just laughing. They were screaming laughing. And it was unre it was such an unbelievable connection with that bit because it was so honest. And it just came out. I'm like, you shouldn't do it, but I do it because I commit. You know, my morals go, yeah, you shouldn't do that. But I, but me, I'm like, fuck you, I'm doing it. You don't want Oh, to, yeah. oh I'm in. Oh, we're diving in deep. And it always oh, pays yeah. off for me. It always pays off because of the commitment. I commit to the ridiculousness of it. Like, listen to what I'm saying. It's absurd what I'm talking about. And, but yeah, so um, working with Gerard Carmichael and helping mm-hmm. him with his Co-create his show, the Carmichael Show. How was that? How is he? How is he to work with? I don't know him. I know of him like I've seen him with roast battle stuff, and I've seen his stand-up on you know online. But I don't. Oh, I he was there after I left because I left in two thousand five.
1: Okay, yeah, <clears throat>
0: yeah. That's how we
1: we actually met was doing stand-up comedy. Um, doing open mics Gerard and I we both started around 2008 um, and we were like a new crop of comics with a lot of people and um, we always hung out and uh, I remember when I first met Gerard he had a Harvard sweatshirt on and I was like Harvard and then the next day he had like a brown one on and then the next day he had a yellow one I was like what the hell is wrong with you and he goes he goes I said you didn't go to Harvard you didn't go to brown you didn't go to Yale and he goes You're right, but those people don't think I did. And he was just pointing to the bookers and the other white people in the Mm -hmm. room because you just see a dark black man with a Harvard sweatshirt on. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, this guy's wicked. You know, he's he's a twisted individual. Mm -hmm. Um, And we hit it off very well. It was very fun to work with him. It's like uh, riffing with your friends all day. And Rod and I have a very Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck vibe where okay. he 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 believes in capitalism. He loves capitalism. He loves making money. The best right. is the best. And, and I'm a little more of like, no, we're all in this together. And then everything needs to be fair. Yeah. you know, <laughs> And we'll argue both sides of that. And while we're arguing <laughs> both sides of that, you know uh gems are popping out of there you know right uh, and uh and as we're having these debates all the time we're realizing hey man a character can say this line in a tv show someone could have this line in the show and you know and then when we create a Carmichael show we wanted something like uh all in the family where you have each family member have a point of view and mm-hmm. one big argument yeah. and um So we would try to argue from every point of view of something. Kind of like when we do stand-up, you know, like, hey, this is my point of view, but I wonder what this point of view would be. I wonder what that point of view would be. And so we would just argue all the time, and we would just transcribe it into our scripts. (laughs) Our writer's room was one big debate. It was just 12 people in there yelling at each other about what you can and can't do.
0: (laughs) That's usually what it's like.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and it was it was like group therapy. That's all it was, you know.
0: Oh yeah.
1: Oh fuck um, yeah. I remember one time, um I think like a, a writer's room story that I that I think is very funny was that every time a Carmichael show, if there was someone's birthday or some sort of celebration, we would have cake. There's so much fucking cake on that show. Like someone would <laughs> someone would bring some, you know. Thirty dollar cake or whatever, and um, someone was like, "This is called the Carmichael show. It's called the Cake Michael show." <laughs> and um, and one time, I-, I believe it was Tiffany Haddish's birthday, and she was mm-hmm. a new character on the show, and uh, and someone forgot to get cake.
0: Oh no. and for the and for the fucking foster child too who gets forgotten (laughs) every (laughs) holiday that's exactly what she said (laughs) (laughs) this is taking me back
1: (laughs) 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 yep Uh, there it is you know it was it was just no, working on that show was like being in a big family. We got to argue a lot. We got to make some good stuff. We lasted for three seasons, which was the right amount of time. We got to make jokes on that show that that can be made made today. I remember the the most most horrific joke we had on that show, the only thing that got a backlash was that Gerard had Gerard's father had to write the eulogy for his father's death. Okay. And and he was having writer's block. Sure, but everyone in the family kept calling. You got the case of the Dale Earnhardts. and then, and they're like, "What is that?" So you know when you when you you thinking and you hit a wall. Yeah. And, uh, so many people from the south disowned ours. They were like, There's "No <laughs> way you make
0: the team. I one No way." <laughs> and we did way worse stuff on that show, but that one, that. Yeah you, don't fuck with Elvis. Again. yeah, you don't fuck with Elvis or Dale Earnhardt. That is that is what I found out. Yeah, you don't. Or Dolly Parton. And nobody would anyway, because if you did, no. you would die. You'll, God will strike you dead if you fuck with Dolly. Yeah. Like yeah they'll somebody. kill you. God will strike you dead in person. You'll be walking. Boom. Oh, someone said shit about Dolly. Because they just got struck down, bitch. But uh, I love you to death, Willie. I wish you were in New York more. Yeah, I got to come back out there. I, I missed
1: it a lot. I, I miss every, even the, you know, the things when I say I miss about New York are the things you're not supposed to miss. Yeah. Like, oh, man, <laughs> I miss, I miss the bags of trash on the sidewalk. Yeah, right. During Christmas, because the snow would get on it and it would look like festive
0: for a little yep. bit of time. Oh, yeah. You're like, oh, this is nice out here. Oh, I honey, we know, how to make... rent. Yeah, we know how to make trash look cute, honey. <laughs> <laughs> 'Cause it's always on the corner, honey. It's always working. Yes, bitch. <laughs> you know, the rats are pet. The rats like take care of the neighborhood. They scour more than the cops do. At the rats handle shit. Like, listen, there could be cops. People still commit crimes. There'll be rats. People run for the fucking hills. They lock their doors. They ain't doing shit outside. I ain't smoking no weed outside. Fuck this shit. There's a rat out there. There's a cop. Like, Fuck you, cop. There you go. Know, just give the rats badges. Cause yeah. they are on the they miles, you know, especially
1: at the them. park at nighttime. You're like, oh, I'm not scared of a of a gunman in the park at nighttime. I'm scared of those
0: rats. Listen, give a rat a badge and a gun and watch this shit go down. <laughs> and put them on the MTA. We'll see how many people jump fares. You know <laughs> they'll be jumping them. Out the door. Up, up! I
1: wish I would have kept a tally how many times that uh, pop out happened. Well, I guess oh, the rat connected us. <laughs> the the rat disconnected. Oh, damn.
0: Well, we got to wrap up anyway, and before we go, I always like to wrap up with two silly questions for fun. And okay. And that's like learn about what So the first question is: There a bit.
1: Um. You know, There was a comic that uh, he's passed away now who I came up with. His name was Angelo Bowers. Uh, I remember Angelo. Angelo is an amazing guy, but he had a way of telling jokes that mm-hmm. I was like, how did he? Well, he was so economical. Mm-hmm. With his jokes, yep. uh, there's there's uh, two of the, two of his that I like, and Brody Stevens had a good one too. But two of Angelo's that I really like. Uh-huh. One of them was, "You guys, I'm, it's not going well for me in Hollywood. Last night I saw a homeless man sleeping under my headshots." <laughs> and I was like, "What?" And just the imagery of that. <laughs> and uh, he had another one, which is one of my favorites to tell people. And I don't even I don't even know if you get, you can tell this joke because. I'm just telling you what he said. Just tell it. Um, He says, uh, my dad told me when I was young, there's no I and you need to play football, faggot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But there is a you, so you need to play football, faggot. (laughs) See, I'm always tagging. I'm always tagging. <laughs> and, uh, you know, working with Mooney as long as I did, you know, Mooney used to close his sets with street jokes, and but he would Mooneyize them. Like, he would tell it the way he, like, as if he wrote it. You know what I mean? So, do you have a go-to street joke that you like to tell? Uh not
1: really i'm more of a quip or or a uh jabby type of person there was one time where if you need like a insult a go-to insult Mm -hmm. look yeah and if someone looks a little dusty and a little hairy or whatever Mm -hmm. uh just say that they look like swept up barbershop hair uh because the image uh bunch of random pieces of hair on the ground being dusted up with dust that's for your dusty black people if you're ever gonna roast a dusty black
0: person that's <laughs> what you need to say you Ooh, that's a good drag up. name That's good. dusty black <laughs> <laughs> oh my be your, god right dusty black oh that's a dusty <laughs> black chair <child. laughs> it has to be an old black man too right an old queen an old drag queen yeah oh man All <laughs>
1: right. if there's anything I there, gotten from this is dusty black that's for sure I, I mean I'm like that's that's fun right there
0: <laughs> turns my whole world dusty black <laughs> oh god Willie, you make me fucking laugh so hard I love you so much tell everybody if there's anything you got coming up, you want to plug where they can find you on the socials and all that good stuff.
1: Um, well, I'm in Los Angeles now and be here for, for a, for bit. I guess I live here, you know? Um, so you can see me perform at the comedy store. I perform there like at least once a week. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Willie underscore Hunter. I just got back on Twitter and I, I so I don't know how long I'm going to stay on Twitter. I hear they call it X now. But uh, I I just got back on Twitter. It is at the Willie Hunter. So we'll see how that goes.
0: Well, just like an ex, it needs to stay in the past, darling. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. (laughs) And uh, you can also follow the show here at Old School, New School Comedy on Instagram. And you can follow me as well at Christy Miller Comedy. So, you know, please be sure to like, subscribe, and share the show. We love you. Yeah, it's uptime, it's uptime